Hello and welcome to Trust Issues, the podcast where we're tracking Prime Minister Liz Truss in her first 100 days in office. I'm joined today by our social media manager Rory Hello. and our chief editor Zach. How Hello, you doing? Yeah, very, very, very well. Exciting yeah? day. It's, uh, it's become a lot more of an exciting day in the last uh, half an hour, really, hasn't it? So I think we should yeah. probably start with that. Yeah, go on. So, um, Rory, you've been you've been following this. What's been, uh, been what's been going on? Twitter all morning. Um, well, I guess to set the scene. Uh, Kwasi Kwarteng was in the Chancellor, or possibly former Chancellor, as we'll get to, uh, was in the US uh, for a big meeting of finance ministers, and he flew home early for an urgent meeting with Liz Truss, and there was all this talk about possible U-turns, so we thought that was coming. Then we found out Liz Truss was going to do a press conference at 2 p.m. today, kind of confirming that there was going to be a big announcement. And now, uh, in the last, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, uh, it's being reported by the Times that Kwasi Kwarteng is being sacked as Chancellor so um, come this evening, we might have a new chancellor uh, and the mini yeah. budget might be kind of consigned so to history. So let's stay on the topic of, of the chancellor. So if he gets sacked, firstly, what does that say about Truss and her position at the minute? <laughs> and secondly, are there any obvious candidates to take over? Zach, have you got anything oh. on that? Well, I was going to say, obviously, on the Truss front, um, She's kind of giving a scalp to both the markets uh, and the Tories who, who want her gone. But whether or not it's enough to keep her in place, who knows? Um, I was going to ask, Roy, you seem to imply there that if Kwarteng goes, uh, that's the end for the mini budget. Do you think that Kwarteng going will also precede a complete I, U-turn on the mini budget? I don't, not, not kind of by default, but I think what is being reported suggests that uh, Liz Truss will announce a number of U-turns on the mini-budget as well as sacking him. So okay. I think it goes hand in hand. Um, I don't think everything in the mini-budget will go, but of the, what was it, £45 billion pounds of tax mm. cuts or something, quite a considerable amount of those will be gone. Well, that's interesting you think that. At least that's, okay. you know, that's what I'm reporting. Guessing. Yeah. I mean, it's just yet another sort of incident in the saga of Liz Truss's just awful premiership. It seems like she just has no ability to... to control events she's just sort of moving with the wind whatever way things go you know she, she announces it or her chancellor announces a budget it doesn't go down well she offers the chancellor's head like it's yeah. it's it, it really is it really is ridiculous i oh, do just oh, i was just gonna can i just follow up on this thing yeah i think that the the question of what's gonna happen to the budget is sort of the the most important question mm. at the moment mm. um i think there are two ways of reading this though aren't there the, the first way of reading it is that She's sacked the Chancellor because she's realised that the budget and the ideology that goes along with it doesn't work. Uh, And so she's sort of setting the ground for a complete U-turn on the budget. The other way of looking at it, though, is that she's sacked the Chancellor to sort of provide herself with some slack to continue with her sort of uh, with her current programme of tax cuts and supply side reforms. You see how it can cut both ways. So obviously she could be she could be sacking him because she goes like oh I realise it doesn't work at all but equally she could be sacking him so that the Tory MPs are at least temporarily appeased yeah uh, and then she has a bit more political space to continue on with her tax cutting agenda go like listen I've I've heard you but I'm going to continue with what I want to do in the first place so I just don't know which way what, what I essentially don't know what this um, signals to either the markets all Tory MPs. I don't know if this is her committing to it or yeah. back Well, I suppose a, a large part of that will depend on who succeeds Yeah, exactly. Because mm. if Sunak um, succeeds Kwarteng, yeah. then I think that is essentially, it's admitting a U-turn, exactly. a complete U-turn. Yeah. But if someone like, I don't know, I don't know who follows her idea. I mean, if someone like Suella Braverman, 
Simon Clark. Simon Clark is a good example. Yeah, if he if he follows in Quateng's footsteps, then it looks more like she's continuing with her program, but just using Quateng to give herself some space politically, temporarily. Do you think that Sunak is realistically in the running? Because you know, as you say, that would be the biggest sort of acceptance of having done something wrong and the biggest way to signal a U-turn. No, if he would want the job, I think he'd. I think his he probably sees his route back to government as an outside. replacing Liz Truss yeah. rather than yeah. kind of coming in under Liz Truss. Um, You're sort of yeah. like agreeing to step onto a sinking Titanic, you know, by accepting yeah. that job. It seems so. to be a... <laughs> it's not a good career move, I no. don't think. Yeah. I think everyone wants to stay as far away from this government I mean, as Nadeem, possible. I mean, Nadeem Zahawi, he's been Chancellor and he is in government mm-hmm. now, so he could kind of be shifted in. But I think you're right. If it's someone like Simon Clark, I think that's... I, actually, now that you've mentioned his name, that's what I'll have my money on. A sort of continuity Quateng who doesn't have the baggage that Quateng currently has. Um, and I think what the most likely outcome is is a sort of Simon Clark replacement and then to broadly continue with the same programme that she started with, perhaps with a couple of spending cuts here and there to try and balance the books and a couple more minor U-turns on certain controversial taxes. But I think, I think it looks like well, she hasn't really got much more to lose, but Trust yeah. probably still wants to go through with her programme as it stands in broad so, terms. So yeah. we, we don't actually, it's worth noting, we don't actually know that this has happened. This yeah. has been speculated. Sure. So, so, you know, if you were in Downing Street at the minute um, and you saw everything that was going on, do you think that this would be a good decision by Trust to sack the Chancellor? Would you advise that for her, um, for sort of her communications, from a sort of like... Uh, trust in government perspective is is that like the optimal strategy here to get her back on course probably uh just in the sense that it's like it saves her for a little bit of time there's, there's, there's two ways um, there's, 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 he's only yeah. been in less than a month and that does look bad on her if she has to sack him so soon um, but then there is also all the bags that he's brought with a mini budget so it's sort of trying to weigh up both of those negatives mm. and figure out which one's um which one's better you know, personally, I think it probably, it's not, both options aren't great, but I think sacking probably makes the most sense, yeah. but it all depends on who you... From what perspective, as in, like, from her point, from Trust's perspective? From Trust's perspective, sure. and f- for her <laughs> remaining in the job, for okay. her actually sort of quelling some of the discontent and Tory ranks. Um, but I think that that would have to then come with a Chancellor who would who's less right-wing. Because if you're just going to appoint another right-wing Chancellor, you're not getting the benefit of being able to say... Yeah, you know, we we were wrong on the budget, on the mini budget. One of the things that's been one of the U turns is expected is the corporation tax. Mm. Um, so that if they do U turn on that, it means corporation tax will go up from nineteen to twenty five percent next year. So it's worth just um, saying that the nineteen is, to twenty five was announced by Johnson in his government. Yeah. It would increase to nineteen to twenty five percent, and then in the mini budget, it hadn't yet taken effect. Yeah, it take effect it was next his trust year. saying that actually we w- we won't increase it next year. And yes. the media is reporting that they will U-turn on that announcement, so it They'll will U-turn on the U-turn. Year. Yeah, um, which just adds to the confusion. Um, but yeah, so but messy. if you U-turn on that, I I don't really know what else is left of the mini budget. You've got the income tax, yeah, one p reduction. You've got stamp duty. Yeah, there's the <laughs> yeah. There's the corporation income tax reintroduction of national insurance stamp duty and freeze in mm. energy. Oh, of the course, main, national insurance one. Yeah, with yeah. the main ones. Um, mm. She's not going to change energy. I think that one's that yeah. one's pretty oh, yeah. secure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, absolute, absolute mess. So that, that is all sort of speculation though at the mm. minute. So we'll, um, we'll have to see what happens that, this afternoon to how many of our predictions come up. Actually, I do, before we move on, I do want, what's your predictions, what's going to happen by the end of the day? And um, then we will move on to something else. I think Kwasi Kwarteng will have been sacked as Chancellor and they will have U-turned on the corporation tax thing. And if you had to put money on, do you think they will have announced a new Chancellor by tonight? And if so, who? I don't know. They probably have to fill it fairly quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. for market reasons, to, yeah. to maintain confidence in the market. Uh, I think Nadim Zahawi okay. will be Chancellor. Oh, I think that's a great prediction. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. I, now that you said it, I hadn't thought about it myself, but that is a good prediction. I'm just going to follow Rory. Yeah. Um, although I have to do have to say that I, I don't think that this actually helps her really in the in the even in the medium term. Um, obviously, there's a sense in which it helps her in the immediate term because it does appease the Tory MPs. But I do think that every time she appeases, she also just makes herself look more and more weak politically. Um, and I think in the long term, that is going to be fatal. Yeah, fair enough. She's, it's that constant balancing act. Every time she makes a concession, sure, it saves her some time, but it does make her weaker and it makes further concessions more likely. Mm. And so in the medium slash long term, it makes her eventual downfall more likely. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I think we're all sort of in agreement that her eventual downfall is becoming <laughs> more and more inevitable. Yeah, yeah. imminent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I largely agree. I, the only thing I would change is I'd, I'd stand by Simon Clark, but I think Nadim yeah. Zahawi is a, is a great shout as well. Um, okay, so I do, I mean, we'll move on slightly. I do want to talk about um, the possible, I know we've, we've sort of focused on the Chancellor, but I do want to talk a little bit more about um, U-turns and, and what that would mean. Um, there was some speculate. obviously there's been speculation all week that they're going to do a further U-turn on the mini-budget. Um, there's been uh, some quite interesting stuff about this because the markets are now expecting a U-turn and there's been a few people sort of suggesting this week that because the market are expecting a U-turn if that doesn't happen she's in a much worse position yeah. than she was at the beginning of the week um, because of this sort of expectation um, I know we sort of quickly ran through some of the things that she could U-turn on uh, sorry that he could U-turn um, on you know what is uh, is it just corporation tax that we think could probably go back up or is there anything else that you think could actually like help market forces at the minute that they could drop from uh, from the mini budget do you want to go or do you want to um, I have to go if you yeah, if want you, to you, you, I'll if have, you want have a think. think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think that basically she has two options um, when it comes to shoring up market confidence in the, in the near slash immediate future. Um, either she can resort to public spending cuts, which obviously balance the books quite quickly, or she can U-turn on some of those tax cuts that we talked about a second ago. Um, I think that the thinking in government seems to have swung from public spending cuts, which is what they were sort of talking about, at least the newspapers were saying they were talking about a week or so ago, um, back to U-turning on those tax cuts that she announced in the mini-budget. Um, I think that, I think that yes, there will essentially have to be U-turns, just because the public spending cuts that they were talking about earlier in the week are just politically unpalatable in the extreme. Um, there really isn't that much more fiscal space when it comes to public services in the UK. I mean, there's a really good graph where you can see essentially um, the government expenditure on public services in the UK in real, in real terms. And if you look at it from sort of Cameron Osborne, it goes down a little bit. And then about 2013, it sort of narrows out and there's a bit of a spike with Bojo and Rishi. Um, and the reason that it sort of flattens out there after 2013 is essentially because the George Osborne and David Cameron realized that there just wasn't, there weren't any more easy cuts. All the cuts you can make Further cuts you can make are politically very, very difficult. You know, they further cuts the NHS, for example, that's electoral, it's, it's electoral disaster. Um, and it's a similar thing with like further cuts to benefits, because these days most people on benefits are in work. 
Um, so I think that they've realized that actually there are no public spending cuts available and they've realized that if they want to shore up market confidence, they are going to have to U-turn on some of their tax cuts. So I think following that line of reasoning, there will be more U-turns on tax cuts in, in the, well, in the next announcement, basically. Yeah. Well, as I say, it, it feels like we've sort of prepared for this podcast for, for a certain point and then everything's been thrown out yeah. the window this morning. So, um, yeah, I, but yeah, I, I think that's probably, that's probably right. And I think that by the end of the day, I'd sort of agree that we'll probably see um, what's happened. So let's sort of go a bit wider and talk about just the government's um, ability to survive. There's been a Times report this morning that uh, Sunak and Mordaunt might be plotting some sort of... Uh, um, coup. Coup, yeah. yeah coup's yeah. probably the best word for it, against against trust. Um, do you think that this is, this is possible? I think one of the things I think, think we sort of spoke about last time and that everybody sort of needs to bear in mind is that the easiest way for... A, the Conservatives to get rid of their Prime Minister is through a vote of no confidence. Um, so you need uh, 15% of Tory MPs, it's about 55-ish um, MPs to send in letters, then there's a vote of no confidence. Johnson survived his, um, but realistically you could you could take it down. But there's this sort of 12-month um, grace period that yeah. she has. The rules could change to give her that. So do you think that there's any sort of stock in this? Do you think that this is going to happen soon? I, I think if... Liz Truss was to be brought down I, it wouldn't be through a vote of no confidence because like you said the rules have to change and if you look at Boris Johnson or even Theresa May mm. they survived their votes of no confidence but it's just that uh, it got to a point where their political life was so impossible that they had to resign so I think it's more likely that Liz Truss would be forced into resigning than the rules change for a vote of no confidence but I don't know with, in terms of the Times report about the, the plot by her uh, Rishi Sunak and Penny Morden. I'm always kind of sceptical of those kinds of reports yes. when it's like senior Tories are doing this behind the scenes and you never know if that is like two people or if it's a third of the party. Well, not only that, but there's been speculation all bloody week that um, Sunak and Morden yeah. might be trying to, to get back in. The, the, the Times report didn't actually go into too much detail about the mechanism through which they would, they would yeah. take over. And there's nothing actually that new in it you know there's already been there's been speculation all week about this and realistically if you know it's not going to happen I, I honestly don't think that this is going to happen in the next couple of months like this is a much oh, much really? longer term thing okay interesting I, I so I think that it is quite likely in the next couple of months um, obviously I see both your point there that there isn't an obvious mechanism for mm. it to happen you're right that you know she could just be forced out yeah. by the 1922 um, but obviously there's that one year grace period and they've proven reluctant to changing the rules historically. Um, nonetheless, I, I think that, that like, however they end up doing it, they will just do it because I can't see things getting any better for her in the next, however long, next couple of months. I think there are two things here. One is the polling just hasn't got any better for her. I mean, the fact that she is maintaining a 30 point Labour lead is amazing. And, and also the fact that her personal approval ratings are lower than that of the Tories. I mean, the Tories, again, on about 20 to 25 percent of the popular vote and but Liz Truss has a, a personal approval rating something like minus 50 I mean it's astonishingly low and the trajectory in politics is normally the longer you're in power the less popular you become so you can see how it's, it's not going well for her. I mean something like I think the latest UCOB poll had something like six percent of people thought she was doing well maybe that was people's polling UCOB has something more like 16 percent and those numbers are just appalling and, and you, yeah. you can't see it getting better but but also we talked about the chancellor stuff and maybe she's going to sack someone maybe she's going to do some u-turns i also can't see market confidence improving in the, in the immediate term i mean the only way you can really imagine market confidence improving to the extent that government borrowing is back down to levels that it was at least back down to 
comparable levels when, when look relative to sort of international peers is if trust you turn on the entire project mm. and that's politically radioactive that's politically yeah. unfeasible she can't you turn on the entire project she will then be kicked out um, so I don't see market confidence improving that means that essentially borrowing costs are still going to be sky high and that economic pressure translates into political pressure because it means that she has to make very painful concessions either in terms of public spending or in terms of further U-turns. Uh, and so I think that essentially that that market pressure, the fact that borrowing costs just aren't going to improve and the markets are going to impose this constraint on trust's actions will force her out. And I think Tories will realise that the only way to get market confidence back and the only way to essentially restore borrowing to sustainable levels um, is to replace her with someone that the markets like, someone like Sunak. Um, and I think that's what they'll they'll think. And you're, I think trust is caught in this slight sort of doom loop where obviously borrowing costs go up, force her to make political concessions. She does something dodgy because she has to, she doesn't have any good options. Borrowing costs just keep on going up because they go like, well, sure, while you're clearly uh, conscious of the fact that borrowing costs are up and you're, you're trying to improve things, you're just making, creating more and more political chaos and that's putting investors off. Yeah. Well, the only thing that I would say that, that I sort of differ on, I, I completely understand your, your market forces point. My, my, the only part that I would differ on is, is the Conservatives and their willingness to change leader. And I'd say that they, I know that there's been sort of evidence more recently that they're maybe more willing to change a leader. But like even recently, whenever Liz Truss has like a, a mildly, you know, not terrible performance, they, the backbenchers try to play it off as a win. And I think the expectations are so low for her now that if she increases the poll lead to even, a, you know, a 15 point lead for Labour, 20 point lead for Labour, I still think backbenchers are going to try and play that off as a win. I, so and I agree. I think if she gets it back into the teens, I think that's really the, the threshold. If she can sort of get yeah, yeah, the, the poll deficit back But this back is exactly it. It's wild. But I don't yeah. think she will. I, don't, I just can't see things getting better for her for the, uh, precisely because that particular feedback loop is continuing the fact that borrowing costs keep staying high forcing trust into more more you know politically unpalatable concessions and that actually doesn't appease the markets either and forcing into more and more palatable concessions i just can't see that feedback loop stopping uh, at a point where trust is only a 15 so points behind labor so you think that we'll have a new prime minister by christmas you think yeah that's I, the I, likely I option I, I probably do but i, I agree I, I actually i'm obviously i'm not putting hundred percent no probability on this on this outcome um, but I think it's uh, the most likely outcome sure I, I, I take I you know I take I accept your argument essentially I think that there is a good chance that what you've described happens and that you're right the Tories despite some of the more recent hiccups traditionally haven't been that keen on kicking out their leaders super quickly the other thing as well is that it took them a long time to bring Johnson down you know Johnson had I know that it wasn't nearly as bad and I know that there is degrees here because um, you know he had his party gate scandal and that dropped the poll numbers to the teens but it wasn't in the 30s sure. so I, I do accept that but even with all of the Westminster scandals and everything else it took them the better part of mo probably more than half a year but to realistically get rid of him but I think Boris Johnson had the benefit of being a proven winner in, well, yeah, in this multiple is true. elections whether it's the referendum mayor of London or you know 2019 whereas Liz Truss hasn't got much to <laughs> say well look this may be going wrong now but look what i've done in the past yeah. she hasn't got much to go on really um which sounds harsh but i mean it it's also <laughs> I, I also find it quite interesting that um it you know trust was selected by the the membership not 
MPs mm. and she's going to find it so difficult with the MPs because she just doesn't have the backing yeah. and you know I, you know, we're going back a bit here but like 20-30 years ago it wasn't the membership that, or maybe even a little bit longer they didn't select the Tory party leader it was just MPs and then they broadened it out but it does bring into this this sort of, you know th this whole situation brings to the fore the issues with the membership selecting because ultimately the Prime Minister has to work with you know more than the membership they have to work with the MPs yeah. if the MPs don't get behind them massive problems ensue and that's exactly what's happened here and if we, they then do go for Sunak it almost demonstrates that <laughs> you know what's yeah. the point in even going to the membership if you're going to let the membership select their candidate fail and then you default to who the MPs chose well I think there's it, one way of interpreting it I think you're, you're right one way of interpreting it is that actually politically the MPs trump the membership yeah? yes the other way of interpreting it is that politically the markets trump the membership well yes um, and I think both are interesting ways of interpreting the situation but like what is becoming sort of uncomfortably clear is that the markets do hold this massive political power, which they very rarely wield, at least in recent history. I mean, it's not true in the 90s when everyone was scared of what was described as the bond vigilantes. But when the markets decide they don't like something, because government borrowing is essentially so reliant on the international markets, the markets can just say, we don't like this, get rid of it. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a weird question. I mean, it's, it's weird to see so many self-styled progressives jump on the antitrust bandwagon go like oh look you know she the markets don't like her you should get rid of her um because the, the implication of that is that we're sort of somehow happy to accept the markets have this yeah. political pressure um this political power even um and i i just don't know I, d I don't know what again this is just from the perspective of progressive what the attitude should be you know are people who supported Jeremy Corbyn in 2019 who are now happy to like mock trust for I think, failing to appease I think them. you could make the argument that um, there are certain things the government could do that the market would react badly to and you could say well at least we're making things better for <laughs> these yeah. groups of people whereas this market chaos is or was to give a tax cut to businesses and to people earning over £150,000 I mean, they tax yeah. cuts for everyone, but you know, what, more weighted towards the wealthy. But yeah, there is that argument. That I, I also think, think that the other relevant difference here is that you you could engage in a sort of uh, ex basically more government borrowing than the market deems appropriate, um, as long as you realise that the market deems it inappropriate. You know, for example, yeah. Corbyn and McDonald in 2017, 2019 knew that if they were elected the markets would punish them. Mm. And their plan was to essentially renationalize the Bank of England and go for something called fiscal dominance, which is when the Bank of England buys certain amounts of government bonds to facilitate borrowing at a lower cost. Um, and the thing is, they knew that the market wouldn't like it, but they went, you know what, fine, that's a, that's a thing yeah. we're happy to take. Whereas the amazing thing about the trust and the quarting thing is that they thought the markets would love it. And they're just kind of pretending that it's all fine. <laughs> yeah. Or Jacob Rees-Mogg saying that, uh, it's not because of the mini budget, it's because of no. something else. My, my qu next question is sort of to Zach, which is when, how long until the next video with the meme of the person in the house with it all burning down <laughs> saying this is fine <laughs> about the UK? Like how, how far away are we from that UK video? I th the thing is, so this is actually, I think, this is the really big question that frankly no one has the answer to. And I'm what about when our videos come <laughs> <laughs> But when, like, what is currently a crisis that is confined to guilt markets and pension yeah. funds spreads out into a wider financial crisis. And the main mechanism by which this happens is when this, this is all kicking off and borrowing costs go up, um, 
and also interest rates obviously go up. Um, that's what Bailey is going to have to do in response to Truss's fiscal expansionism. The main mechanism by which this spreads out to wider markets is mortgages and yes. the housing market. Mm. And mortgage costs have already skyrocketed. I think the most late there was data out. I think it's today talking about how every region in the UK is currently seeing a drop, a drop in housing demand, um, and that will promptly be. Uh, followed by a drop in house prices uh, and possibly a full-on like house price collapse. I think before the most recent bout of chaos, um, a drop in house prices looked likely. Uh, there are you know interest rates around the world are going up, and obviously that puts pressure on mortgages. Um, but you, people were talking about sort of 10% drops tops. I think now with the current chaos and, and the degree of market uncertainty and the fact that Bailey is probably going to have to hike interest rates even more than he was otherwise going to have to. You, you could be looking at a truly catastrophic collapse in, in the housing market. And I think that's the thing that people should be really looking out for. And there's another reason I don't think trust can survive because it's fine for now. Everyone's looking at graphs being like, oh, look, guilt yields are quite high and oh, look, the mm. pound's doing badly. You know, it's tough if you're traveling to America for a holiday. It's when but, it hits yeah, pensions. Exactly. And, and, and housing. Sorry. It's when it hits housing that yeah. actually what is sort of at the moment an academic problem becomes politically real. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think we're going to see that in the, in the near future. Yes, there's another reason I don't think trust can survive. No, absolutely. So just one other thing um, on uh, trust, her government and whether it's going to fall, is that there were some reports this week, uh, Peston I think was the main one, suggesting that some cabinet ministers um, have said privately that they would vote against their own government in a vote of no confidence. Now, obviously... Um, they ha still have a, a working majority of 69, so huge, you know, they're not going to lose the vote of no confidence. But it's worth noting that in post-war history, every single MP has voted with their party's interests. So if you're a Tory for a Tory government, every single MP has voted, so there's never been... That's a good fact. So good. even if one... MP voted, uh, one Tory MP voted against, that would be that would be massive. But to suggest that a cabinet minister, no less, would vote against, I mean, that that is huge. Again, this is all sort of yeah. like behind closed doors, speaking to journalists. It's one thing to tell a journalist privately. It's a completely other thing to actually mm -hmm. do that. But, you know, it, uh, this leads on to the, 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 the sort of next question is that if these reports are coming out and they continue to come out, surely Starmer's got to start thinking, because look, they're never going to lose the vote of no confidence, but if you're trying to stick the dagger in and try and sort of create more instability for the government, having that, having Tory MPs voting against a vote of no confidence can only be good for Starmer. So do you think that we, we, we could get to a position in the next few weeks where Labour tables a vote of no confidence? I don't think there's any rules on how frequently they can um, schedule them. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't see there being any constraints from the House of Commons in, in scheduling I, them. I, they might do that. I, I think there, there could be the counter-argument that um, whenever you do something like that, you end up getting MPs to rally around the government kind of unnecessarily. Um, so they might avoid doing that. But mm. I don't know. I, I, I actually agree with Rory. I think that you saw this. The best example of this is the Christian Wakefield thing, mm. which is when Bojo was having a really tough time. Wakefield, obviously. Is it Wakefield or Wakefield? Wakefield? I can't remember which one uh, it is. Anyway, it's one of them. He, <laughs> he defected from Labour yeah. to the Conservatives, um, from Conservatives to Labour, and obviously superficially you'd think that would boost support for Starmer, but what it actually did is it got Tory MPs to rally around Boris yeah. Johnson, yeah, like, we true. can't have more of this. Yeah. And I think a similar thing would happen if they called in a vote of no confidence. You know, they might get a couple voting against the government, but they'd be on the extreme fringes, and Tory MPs would sort of be like, oh, this is, this is too close to yeah. the bone, we don't like this. I agree. I don't think it's... Well... 
I, I think it probably won't happen in the near future, but I definitely think probably after Christmas sometime when it, if it continues the way that it's going. Yeah. And it'll be a really interesting one to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just before we go, um, <laughs> it feels like this is a bad thing to end on because it's not nearly as interesting. To but PMQs, this was like another big sort of event this week. We haven't had many with Truss. Um, what, how do you think she did? Do you think she did okay? Like, how was her communication this week? Um, I think she did... It's difficult with PMQs. She did well in the sense that she managed to get through it without like saying anything outrageous um and you know she she didn't really answer she talked a lot about the energy uh, support package which is obviously what she went in trying to to talk about so she stuck to her lines and didn't do anything terrible so in that sense she did well but like it wasn't impressive or no. anything but then equally i always think pmqs is kind of overstated in how important it is uh, kind of in um, what's the word kind of shaping people's opinion yeah. around the country you know yeah something for journos yeah to basically. sort of wonk over but yeah. it's nothing <laughs> no wonk <and> not. <laughs> um, but uh, the <laughs> yeah we we'll definitely keep that in um, the only thing I'd say we can't propose edits <laughs> while we're still recording <laughs> the only thing I'd say that is different uh, that is interesting was that she she said that public spending wouldn't be cut right Starmer pressed yeah, on that she said true. public spending wouldn't be cut um, it's, it's hard to see how that's going to be true at least in real terms you know maybe in nominal terms public spending won't be cut but obviously when inflation is running at sort of 10 percent keeping public spending where it currently is in nominal terms mm. amounts to a 10 percent cut in public expenditure which is just not feasible for reasons we mentioned earlier um so yeah that's the only thing i thought was interesting i, I don't know no one really knows what she precisely meant by that May, maybe she just meant in nominal terms as a bit of a cop out but i think that'll be used against her by labor when public spending is inevitably cut in real, in well, what, real what's the point of the medium term fiscal plan if she's not doing any spending cuts yeah exactly yeah, it doesn't really make sense um, you saw that in the reaction I mean her own MPs were clearly confused there was a sort of like oh, oh yeah. you know what's going to happen here I do like that and I know that she she continued with this sentence but she started with I am genuinely unclear and then went on to say to me <laughs> yeah. which has been clipped quite a yeah. lot which just you know if, if you're prime minister in the position she's in don't be don't starting sentences like that. with that no matter how you end it because <laughs> yeah. um, it will be clipped I sort of agree I think it was quite a just a generally quite weak performance yeah. but not nearly as catastrophic as her previous only, performances yeah. so yet again it's perceived but as it's a win it's her second it's, one as well which yeah. is crazy um, yeah there was so, nothing really yeah. big. She tried to, as you said, trying to attack Labour, um, specifically on not backing her plans for freezing the price cap. But, um, you know, yeah. they, they, they wanted to implement a windfall tax. They made that clear in August. So I presume that part of the profits S from Starmer that... Starmer also wanted to cap prices, by yeah. the way. So he, he mm -hmm. did support a, a price cap. But yes, exactly. Except her, he wouldn't do it through borrowing. And she, I presume. Well, her, he would have done it by a combination of borrowing and a windfall tax. It's yeah. hard to know how but much you yeah, actually reap Liz in. Liz Truss's argument was that Labour's proposal was that they'd cap energy prices for six months. And oh, yeah. the government wanted to do it for longer. So that was her dividing point, I think, as well. Yeah. It's um, just a... Yeah, it's, it's almost splitting hairs. And again, by the end of that, you don't know whether they'd extend that policy yeah. or, or, or what. But yeah, her, her attack lines weren't that great. She, she wasn't particularly strong on defending her own record. Communication was pretty poor, but again, wasn't as catastrophic yeah. as normal. So, unfortunately, perceived as a win. You know, today has shown that uh, she's got bigger problems on her plate than PMQs. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, by the time this goes out, um, we'll probably know yeah. what has been announced. Either. So, just before we end, so that people listening know and they yeah. can see how our predictions were, do you just want to quickly what? What's your prediction by the end of the day? By the end of today, I'm going to look into a camera. 
Where am I looking? The red one. Okay. By the end of today, Kwasi Kwarteng will have been sacked and Nadim Zahari will be the new chancellor and the... What did I say? Okay, I'm, I'm getting the, chills. This is Hugh Edwards-esque. <laughs> I'm watching and on the monitor the, um, the, They will U-turn on the corporation tax thing. That's my prediction. Okay. Can I, I stare at the same camera? Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with Rory. So okay. I agree with Rory. Wait. I agree with Rory, except I think it'll be Simon Clark who's the new chancellor. Okay. Well, we're all going to be wrong. What's this yeah. all be wrong and let's get loads of kickback? Yeah. Okay, we're back because a lot's happened today. Um, unfortunately, Zach had to go, so it is just me and Rory, um, but we thought with everything that's happened today, it's only worth us um, actually talking about some Talking some of the about stuff the news, happened. yeah. So we made a prediction earlier in the day about what would happen, and um, we didn't have to wait long to be proved wrong. No. We're actually right on a few things. So, firstly... Um, Quasi Quarteng. Quasi Quarteng gone. did go. Um, yeah. He resigned. Uh, slash was sacked. Slash was sacked. Yeah. He was asked to resign and then he resigned. Is that being sacked? Let us know. Let us yeah. know what you think. <laughs> Let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah. um, and his replacement was not Simon Clark. It was his not. His replacement was not Nadim Zahawi. It was Jeremy, Jeremy Hunt. Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think any of us even mentioned his name. Um, no. I wasn't expecting it, but. I can see why she's gone for him. Yes, um, really, he's a, a very experienced cabinet minister. Yeah, uh, got a lot of, uh, you he's know, pretty popular among Tory MPs. I think so. Uh, it's definitely like a please. I'm, yes. I'm trying my best type thing from Liz Truss, uh, trying to win them back over. But yeah, whether it will work, I guess we'll have to see. Exactly. Um, so that that I think is a more of a steadying thing. You know, we were talking earlier about if he was to put Simon Clark in, for example, he's he's quite right wing, was in the Johnson um, ministry, sort of second in yeah. charge at the Treasury under Boris Johnson. So if if Truss were to have gone for him, that would have been more of a continuation, as Zach was saying. Uh, but but I think in choosing Hunt, she's sort of she's going with a more centrist figure someone who might be able to unite the party yeah a bit more. although it's interesting because he actually is like a massive uh proponent of cutting taxes mm. uh which is kind of one of the things that got us into the situation we're in now so he's obviously going to have to not <laughs> try and cut taxes massively um but yeah it's definitely a the you might call them the unity candidate i suppose unity within the conservative party not necessarily yes. the country but and out yeah. so outside of that we also saw um, a U-turn on the U-turn. Yeah. So over the last few months, she's done a very slow, very painful 360 mm. back to her original starting position. And this is on corporation tax. Yes. So I think, again, we sort of went through this briefly earlier. Um, but basically, Boris Johnson had promised to increase corporation tax from 19 to 25%. Yeah. Liz Truss made a huge point of this, made an absolutely... It was one of her big things during the leadership campaign. Exactly. Huge point of this in the leadership campaign of, I will be scrapping the increase. Yeah. She announced the scrap, and it should also be noted that this doesn't come into this doesn't come into effect until April. Yeah, well, it would it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have come into effect until April. Wait, still twenty twenty three. Yeah, but even if nothing nothing actually had to change. No. Like, basically, corporation tax is still the same as it was earlier this year, and it mm. will continue to be that going through next year so nothing has changed as Theresa May once said until April <laughs> wait yeah no you're right until it will go up yes no it will you're go right up. yeah come on Rory. one too many U-turns okay yeah I'll explain this 
Okay, so we, it was originally, so Johnson originally 90 to 25%. Yeah. Then Liz Truss promised that she, she'll she keep would, it at 19%. She'll keep it at 19%, so it wouldn't go up. Now she said it will she go will up. will increase it. In April next year. Yes. But throughout all of that, corporation tax remained at 19% because the proposal was always that it went up yeah. in April next year. So uh, it, it's now been said. I mean, but just, you know, looking at this a bit wider, um, how do people have a trust in what the government says on economic policy anymore? No idea. I mean, it's just, it's like with the top rate of income tax thing. Um, when something is announced, you kind of need to give it a few weeks or a few months to just be sure that it's actually going to happen. Um, and whether by the time, you know, by April next year, we might have a different government. We might have a different prime minister. Mm. You just don't know. Hell, um, we've got, it's Friday. By Monday, we might have a new yeah, government. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, that that's just, it's, it's wild that... Uh, that the, the 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 government has done a 360 now it's gone all the way back to its original starting position yeah. just with a lot of pain a lot of market um sort of backlash a lot of backlash from the public and there were chancellor down yeah and um, it's the fourth chancellor this this year now since fourth chancellor in four months i think it is yeah um and the sixth chancellor since 2016 and the shortest reigning chancellor who left office alive <laughs> yeah um, yeah um, so Ort, Ian, Ian McLeod, Ian McLeod sadly um, died 30 days after becoming Chancellor in the 70s or something. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a truly wild day in politics. Um, yeah. I know that we kind of went through all of this earlier, but you just thought it's probably worth going actually through saying some of the things that have actually yeah. happened. So again, for those watching, um, corporation tax has gone, uh, is going up to 25% in April. That That's is a U-turn from Liz Truss. She promised throughout the campaign she wouldn't be doing that, she now is. Um, Kwasi Kwarteng is out as Chancellor. He's the second shortest reigning Chancellor uh, in, in history. Um, and that's only because the, the, the shortest reigning Chancellor died in office. Um, and Jeremy Hunt is now uh, the Chancellor. Um, he is more of a sort of centrist, or at least he can maybe bring the centre of the Conservative Party back. Again, we, we sort of speculated about this earlier, but um, this is all now confirmed. Um, as you probably heard in the podcast, we made a few predictions. Um, we were right on them U-turning. Uh, I think we even predicted that they would uh, U-turn on corporation tax, but we were wrong on who the Chancellor was. In fact, we didn't even get close. No. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, thank you for <laughs> That's all right. doing this little brief Hopefully update. Hopefully nothing more will change by the time this comes out in yeah. a few hours, but we'll see. It's completely my assumption that this is the last yeah. edition that we're putting to, put into the podcast. Yeah. If trust goes, just we're recording this at about four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. You know, maybe I should say if you if you do want to follow for live updates, then follow TLDR News on Twitter and Instagram at TLDR News UK. So uh, get all the live updates there in case all, anything does happen. I mean, if we're also doing shout outs um, at TLDR Ben yeah. is uh, another great source a of thousand uh, followers now. One thousand followers. You know, let's bump it up a bit yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. If you could only subscribe, if you could only follow one, obviously... Go for the main account. Go for TLDR yeah. Ben. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just better. Uh, it's yeah. actually not. Go for, go for the Thank UK. You. Thank Luckily, you. there's no limits on who you can follow, so do both. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we are going to be... But anyway, I know we probably... I don't know if That's the old enough. outro is still in. Yeah, we, but we're, anyway. we'll cut here. Hard yeah, cut. We'll cut here. Do the, do the old outro here. Thank you for joining anyway. Um, and we've got Jack back next week, so he'll be on as well. Um, and we'll do this all again next week with probably even more... Uh, turmoil, new, new chancellor. chancellor, might even wow. be a new prime minister. Who knows? Mm, yeah, um, let's watch. Cool. All right. Cool. Thank you for hosting, man. Cheers.
Ouais, <rire> c'est ça. Yeah.